Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller, this is a pro wrestling show and thank you very much for joining me today, the start of a brand new week and a brand new month. It's the 3rd of August 2020, we're slowly, slowly creeping towards the end of the year and I think for the majority of us we'll all be very pleased <laughs> when that does happen. For reasons we'll talk about in a few minutes because the 2020 like headline meme generator continues to go and you just have no idea what's going to happen in this crazy life. Uh, this is a podcast I was meant to do last week but I'm a buffoon and screwed it all up so we're doing it today instead because of course if you go to my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316 you can come on the show and we can talk about whatever the hell you want and we have a good time and somebody coming back for oh man, I don't even know how many uh how many times it's been on now but it's always a pleasure it's my man Nick Nick how are we doing today hey 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 oh, 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 Simon Miller's wrestling show I've been holding that one in for a long time how you doing Simon <laughs> I may clip that and give it uh give it some effects and have it as my new intro I liked it oh. I like being I like being sung at there's nothing wrong with that I appreciate it dude <laughs> Um, so look, I'm, I'm just going to jump straight into it because this only happened about phew, 30 minutes or so ago mm-hmm. before we started recording. Like I say, you just, you never know what you're going to get in 2020. And after the XFL went out of business in May, whenever the hell it was, the uh, brand new owner is The Rock. <laughs> well, I say brand new owner, he is a part owner. Him alongside a another consortium have bought the XFL for the measly sum of $15 million, which goes to show if you really want to buy a business, ensure that you wait till it goes bankrupt and then you can get it on the cheap. Dude, just give me your thoughts because obviously the ridiculous thing about this is this was literally a plot in the show that he did for his television show, Ballers. This is literally what happened in that show. Okay, this is definitely news to me. Um, yeah, hey, honestly, man, we're talking half an hour. Half oh. an hour since this happened. Well, yeah, that's probably why. Um, yeah, that, that is odd. Um, I mean, who doesn't love The Rock, right? <laughs> I mean, one of the greatest wrestlers of, you know, when... When we were growing up, anyway, uh, I, I yeah, I don't really keep up with the show Ballers. Um, I just I I just don't have a lot of time for television in general. Really, I mean, I'm I'm lucky if I can even keep up on all the wrestling shows every week. But uh, but yeah, I mean, if that's a, an investment he wants as part of his uh, repertoire, I guess the word is uh, to use, then cool. He, he's the <laughs> he owns a, a, a football division. Um, sh- should we just have a little fun and kind of like fantasy book the, the the? Well, I'm sure the team's names are remaining the same, but can you think of any like you know funny rock related team names you'd want? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he's literally bought it as is. Okay. So the only the only question mark, yeah, the only question mark in the air is. You know what is it going to wear on the same platforms? Because even as of last week, the um, you know, the ESPNs and of the world were saying, "Well, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to air it unless Vince McMahon's involved because they trusted him." Uh, but they certainly, I think, will change their mind when they see The Rock's involved <laughs> because you know he's far more notable than Vince McMahon is. 
But I mean, I guess he could have the SmackDown Steelers. You can't do that. That's just stealing somebody <laughs> else's name. Uh, you could have this. You could have the Seattle SmackDowns. There you go. There you so go. I don't even have Seattle have a team to win this. I think. But uh, no, I just I just couldn't believe it because it's just again. Uh, yeah, why is The Rock buying the XFL? And why, when somebody picks up the XFL, do they have to have some kind of affiliation with wrestling? This is what I don't get. Why can't it just live on its own, uh, die by its own two swords? But hey, look, this is what's gone down. This is what happened. There's no way I couldn't mention it in passing. Uh, I like the XFL. Look, to be honest, it's one of those things... First time round, absolute disaster. Second time round, you know, like a lot of businesses, just had its ass handed to it uh, by the uh, by the pandemic that's going on. We'll have to wait and see what he does. But if you're going to, you know, you want to try and launch a football league postseason, having the Rock involved is not the worst, the worst idea in the world. Absolutely bizarre, though. Absolutely bizarre. And talking about very strange stuff, Nick, I'll be intrigued to see if you caught up with it or if you watched it. Did you or were you able to see any of um, Gallows and Anderson's talk, uh, talking shopper mania over the weekend? No, I haven't. I actually I was actually watching some of the World Culture News videos this morning and they were talking about it. I had no idea what it was uh, because I'm not, you know, constantly on the Internet as as a lot of other people, you know, Uh I did, but let me let me think. My first time seeing anything related about it was uh, someone posted in a Facebook group, like one of those polls, and said, "What was better, the boneyard match or the boner yard match?" And my first thought is, "Boner yard <laughs> match? What?" <laughs> and and that's when you know. And then I watched uh, the the this morning's what culture news video, and they were talking about it, and they had mentioned the boner yard match. So I'm like, okay, that's what it was from. So no, I haven't actually seen it for myself. Um, if I if I find the time to to sit down and watch it, how long is it? Uh, I can't remember now. A couple of hours, maybe. I wasn't really paying attention. To that. I was kind of watching it in the background. But it's, mm. it's not long. It's just it's a love letter to people that like goofy. It's just it's, it's being the elite in long form. Do you know what I mean? But the, I, I have no problem. I have no oh. problem with that. So if it's inside of jokes, it's, you know, it's just a lot of fun. It's really stupid. I just had a really, really good time watching it. And okay. even with all the jokes, it's like the super dumb humor that got me. Like there are some, which I, I assume is uh, taking the mick out of WWE and some of their camera cuts. There are some camera cuts which are so bad that you can't help but just it just crack up like it's it's just a bunch of dudes who don't care got together in somebody's backyard and had a lot of fun and given that a lot of people that do turn up are some of the guys that got fired from wwe it's just nice to it's just a positive show and it's just really stupid and really dumb and uh and look uh, he's a controversial figure but even enzo turns up and even he takes the mick out of himself and even he's really funny mm. so it's just uh, across the board it's uh it's it's a lovely little watch i think it did exceptionally well or at least um better than maybe those involved thought it would do so it sounds like we're going to get a talking shopper mania too and i'd be all right to have a few a year like i like especially if you're the type of person that doesn't want the insider references actually on your raw your smackdown or your your dynamites this is the way to do it. This is how you can get it out of your system. Because if you showed this to somebody that didn't watch professional wrestling, they would have no clue <laughs> what was going on. They'd be absolutely baffled. You have to have a certain amount of context to, to get it. And it just, it cheered me up on a Sunday. I tell you, I can't recommend it enough as long as you like that kind of thing. I mean, Gallows and Anderson even send themselves up for screwing themselves over by signing with WWE instead of AEW. And for them to be able to do that and be so self-deprecating... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great it's it's a great watch, and especially again, especially at the moment because things can be 
can be quite difficult with no fans and no crowd to see a bunch of guys just not take themselves seriously. It gets a couple of thumbs up from me. Um, it also, there's clips everywhere. You, if you don't want to buy it, which you should, of course, support these people, but there are clips all over the internet should you want to... Should you want to keep up with it? But uh, yeah, it was it, it was fun. Uh, just as a quick aside as well, because you know I don't want to not mention it. Uh, Nikki Bella and Brie Bella both had their sons within a day of each other, which is frankly kind of terrifying. But mm. congratulations to obviously uh, it's Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, Daniel Bryan, and Artem Chingvinstev. I think you pronounce his last name. But yeah, I don't want to not mention things like that because it would be uh, ridiculous. But Nick, my big question to you as we now get into the meat and bones of the podcast, uh, I want I want to get into SmackDown because we haven't talked about that yet, but specifically. Specifically, I want to talk about Big E. Mm -hmm. Big E is officially on his way to... Mm -hmm. He's having a singles push. We've begun. He beats The Miz a couple of days ago. A decent enough match. Nothing special. Um, I think they were trying out, you know, can we get sympathy for Big E with John Morrison still getting involved? I'm very excited about this. Like I said, I don't think it's um, a smash hit right out of the gate. It was never going to be because you need to build these things. But dude, just give me your take on it. Give me your opinion when you first heard it was happening. How you find it's you know gone week one. And where you would like to see it going down the line. Because I have made no bones about it. Survivor Series, I want The Fiend versus Big E. And I want Big E to be champion. Melee, you can say it's too fast. Melee, you can say this. I don't care. I don't care. I've said it. And I'm not going back. But Nick, counterpoint. What do you think? Well, what else can I say? Like, Biggie should have been world champion yesterday. <laughs> okay, as far as I, as far as I'm concerned. But, but yeah, when it first uh, was revealed that you know Kofi Kingston's going to be out, I'm like, oh man, we got two thirds of the new day gone due to injury, and it's you know I, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to say the group is cursed or whatnot, but. But you always got to find the silver lining and stuff. And in this case, it's a Big E singles push, which a lot of people have been clamoring for. Uh, but, you know, it it, it was obviously going to be hard because, you know, he's part of a very popular uh, faction that they just the, – the, 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 the chemistry is just off the charts with those guys, uh, <clears throat> especially when they're, you know, having a lot of fun. So, yeah, I – I'm definitely all for uh, Big E as world champion one day. Like I said, should have already happened, but who knows? Uh, I don't know. I I mean, they said Kofi's only going to be out for about six weeks. Now, that does sound like a long time, but man, six weeks flies by like nothing. Um, and I, I still don't – and I still – do we know when uh, Xavier Woods is supposed to be back or have they said anything? Because I don't remember. It was meant to be around October, but he hasn't come out and said if it's a good rehab mm -hmm. or a bad rehab. So, you know, who knows? But we're, we're coming up to the, you know, the window, the window, I suppose. I think the thing with Big E for me, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll let my thoughts known on this in a second, and this is going off what Booker T said on his podcast. His, you know, his point was not about his potential as a superstar or a main eventer or being the guy. He thinks he has all the tools. It was about his gimmick and about how he needs to shed the New Day persona and maybe some of his colorful mm -hmm. attire in order to not only feel like a different character, but to feel like a main event character. And I sometimes, I, I'm both for and against that because the one that always stands out to me is I remember when, this years ago, when WWE turned Naomi heel. And she went from being Naomi to being bad Naomi. That she had evil music and she was now angry and pissed off. And I was like, that's too 
it's too, it's too, it's too two dimensional. A one dimensional, sorry. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't just be bad guys. Like the kind of they kind of did it with Lacey Evans too when they turned her face. You can't just now be saluting happy American girl. I need reasons and I need justification. So I don't want them to do that with Big E, but I do understand his point. Would you have him do that? Would you kind of have him shed the happy positivity stuff and just be Big E, or do you think we can have a happy medium? Well, I'm I'm actually kind of glad you mentioned that because. You know, if I kind of had to fantasy book this singles push a little bit, you know, I would kind of, you know, kind of slowly move Big E towards, you know, going back to that, you know, aggressive side that he had years ago, you know, like, or even not turn heel completely, okay, but but have him kind of go in that direction a little bit, you know, be more aggressive, be more angry, uh, you know, if he finds himself in a situation where he's not winning or, you know, climbing the mountain, at, n- not keeping his promise to Kofi and Xavier, you know, uh, making the best of this opportunity. Um, because, you know, Biggie has shown that he can be a monster. You know, I, I when I went back to watch, you know, when I, uh, yeah, when I went back to watch, uh, the classic NXT for the first time, and he had the five count gimmick. I love that. You know, it, it showed how big of a monster he was. So, what what I'm suggesting is, until until both Kofi and Xavier are are both clear to compete, and obviously Kofi will be ready before Xavier. But I'm saying when both guys are ready, um, like so, you build Biggie to. You know, like I said, he, he he's he's trying to make the best of this opportunity, but he's failing at almost every turn, and especially when he tries to creep closer to the the, I guess it'd be the Universal title since he's on SmackDown, and and he's just at that point where like I I can't do it unless I get more aggressive, you know, I I, I need to I need to get angry, you know, <laughs> and then. And then let it build and build. Like I said, don't turn him heel completely. And then when Kofi and Xavier are both, especially as Xavier, when they're both clear to compete, you know, have have them come back and you know, just kind of rehabilitate Big E back into the group as fun-loving Big E. Uh, I think that'd be a, a really great story to tell. You know, it's a, it, it's a way that you don't turn him completely heel, but you know, we still get to see that bit more of of of, of an aggressive side of Biggie that we haven't seen in a long time. So, and and I'm sorry, but um, and when uh, and I guess you could build to a world title match where you know uh, Kofi and Xavier have kind of brought him back to to, uh, to the group. I guess I should say. And then he wins and becomes world champion. And then it's like, okay, I, 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 I saw the, I saw the light. I was going down that dark path. You guys brought me back and look where I am now. I'm world champion. So there you go. That's what I got. Definitely making sure there's narrative and story in there. Plus that it ties into the new day in some sense, even if you just tie it into the new day, because the way they did with Kofi Kingston, like where unit were stronger together. I don't think you just want to forget about that. And yeah, I was going to mention the five count too. The five count to me, I don't think you need to bring that back now, 
because I, I, I mean, I, well, I'm kind of two no. ways about it. It was so long ago. I don't think people will remember. But and the, by the same token, it's more of a mentality for WWE. You know, WWE to me needs to stop looking back as much as possible, even for those little things. It's absolutely time to start looking forward, which is why I'm so excited about the potential that Big E could have. I really, if you haven't figured it out, I really like Big E, people listening there in podcast land. I think that he looks like he could kick your ass. Uh, he has this wonderful thing that if you just looked at him as a wrestler, you'd be like, oh my gosh, this guy's tough and intimidating. But then he's hilarious and a moron. I love characters like that. I think, it, you know, when you subvert the expectation, it's just so much more fun. Doesn't mean he doesn't need to maybe go more to the serious, much like a Kurt Angle did back in the day. But in terms of my entertainment, I always get entertained. But he's just one of these guys, like you pointed out, Nick, that is so obviously deserving or at least a go at this even if we fail miserably so the fact that we're finally here and uh, my last point on big e is i look if you were going to do this you probably would want to shift the opponent away from being the miz but we take what we're given the only thing for me was would it have made more sense for big in his first big match for biggie to have wrecked someone as opposed to he didn't struggle because obviously he was taking on two people essentially, but I don't know. I think I would have rather a, more of a, a battering ram as opposed to a stereotypical WWE good guy. But yeah, what what, what did you think? Well, again, I, I think that can tie into you know what I just fantasy booked. You know, like right now, Biggie is not being is not being very aggressive because he's still you know like I said the the fun loving you know being silly Biggie and. And so that's why, you know, he, he didn't really go, you know, full on aggressive with the Miz. Uh, so what you can do is like, as he starts to, you know, get a bit more aggressive, he starts, you know, pretty much squashing people because he's being more aggressive. Um, I mean, to, to me, that just makes sense because you know, if, if, uh, I mean, that's kind of, kind of been a, I guess you'd call it a cliche or something that, you know, if, if someone is too fun loving and, and not taking things seriously, that they're not at their quote full potential, you know what I'm saying? So again, if we were to go down my booking route, that, 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 that makes the most sense to me. It's like, as he gets more aggressive, the, the faster he beats opponents, but still, when it comes to the world title, he's he's just not he's he feels like he's still not aggressive enough because he just can't that's that's the one hurdle he can't get over. And and then like like I said, it, it takes the, the the return of Kofi and Xavier to to uh, you know like I said, bring him back to the uh, bring him uh pull him back to the good side, but still keep that uh but, but but use his uh, build his confidence to where he's like I, I can be you know clear minded and aggressive at the same time to to, to get the job. Yeah, no, that that I don't mind that at all. And if they do they do go on that uh, journey with his character, I'll, I'll I'll quite enjoy it. But yeah, I just I want him to be the champ. I want him to be the champ. I want it, I want I want Big E to be we the champ. Do, I, yeah, we I just do. it would it would be something different. It would be something new. 
and it would be something I've wanted for a while. And look, if it fails miserably, okay, I don't care. If he's not able to do it, which I highly doubt, I'm just happy that I have that information. And that's kind of been lacking from WWE. Uh, keeping on, uh, there's two guys I want to talk about. If we're going to focus on stars that may be being built within uh, with SmackDown, especially at the moment, seems to be the place where we're doing it the most. Uh, what did you think of Grand Metalik? And what do you think about Shorty G potentially going back to Chad Gable and maybe teaming with Matt Riddle? I have, uh, Sorry, Baron Corbin against Matt Riddle. I have this horrible feeling that it's being done for a one-week angle just so we can do Riddle versus Chad Gable next week cause of or this week now. Because, of course, that's going to be an amazing you know, an amazing match. And maybe that's what they're going for. And then Shorty G disappears into the distance. But we don't know that yet. So, you know, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt as we're talking about it. And while the Grand Metalik match against AJ Styles certainly would have benefited from, you know, more of a build and allowing people to know who Grand Metalik was, I enjoyed it. And I was very happy that after the fact, him and Vince Arado was still featured when they approached Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. I mean, that's just good tag team matches. That's four of the best in-ring wrestlers in the company. You know, it depends what you want from your wrestling, but I'm certainly not against any of that. And I think also it's good evidence that maybe we are going to push new stars. Yeah, but again, man, you saw it. And uh, yeah, where do you think they're going to go? Yeah, so like I said in in the previous Q&A, I was really... Uh quite shocked actually to see that Grand Metal League got a uh, an IC title shot but but I love that you know I, I it's like oh okay I'm glad we're trying something different we're not doing you know the the same three or four guys go uh you know and yeah the the match itself was really good uh I think Lucha House Party are very very underrated uh you know I, I've been I've been following their work, you know, since uh, 205 Live. And, yeah, these, these guys are incredible athletes. Uh, they, they, they definitely deserve, uh, a, like, a much higher position on the card. I mean, I don't want to say, well, I mean, when you really think about it, you know, SmackDown's really been, you know, lacking in the tag team division, whether it's being, you know, uh, guys that are injured, you know, like, obviously, uh, two-thirds of the New Day are out. Uh, one of the Usos is injured, but then you've got situations like the Forgotten Sons, which is extremely complicated. So, yeah, there's like a massive lack of uh, of uh, tag teams right now on SmackDown. So, I think they're they're giving you know Lucha House Party the spotlight now to you know uh, finally you know build them as a tag team, and you know obviously having them go after the, the SmackDown tag titles right away against, like you said, Cesaro and Nakamura, two guys who are massively, massively talented and massively, massively underrated. So, yeah, I look forward to uh, when that actually happens. Um, yeah, just, just, just give, them, give them a stage, give them the time. They'll put on a clinic. That's all I got to say. Mm, no, dude, I agree with you, man. And... You know, in 2020, a good way to get over is by having amazing wrestling matches. People don't like to... Look, you're never going to get over as well unless you are, uh, you know, super, you've got to be charismatic and do good promos. and You still need all of that stuff. Of course you do. That's what brings in the... Uh, the word I'm looking for. Casual fans, I guess. And when you have casual fans, you're a megastar, but so on and so forth. You you have to start off on a hardcore level and the hardcore fans want to see good wrestling. So, yeah, I, I'm excited about all of these guys. And 
Uh, we'll see. I mean, if, if the name Shorty G is not mentioned at all on SmackDown, I will be, I will be more no. confident. But and I, I was oh. like you. I was. I, so go on, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally forgot about that part uh, with Shorty G and all that stuff. Um, yeah, it, it does seem like they are turning Chad Gable heel uh, just so they can have him fight Matt Riddle. And we know, like like we said, that's going to be a clinic of a match. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I, The only way it would work for me if if it's only going to be like a one week or two week kind of angle or whatnot, you know, obviously uh, Chad Gable want, wants the, the bounty that Baron Corbin put out. So uh, maybe, you know, you have like after Matt Riddle and Chad Gable have their match or uh, basically what I'm getting at is like, it, if uh, it, it, it could lead to an angle where like, because think back to when, you know, Chad Gable was, they were building to the Shorty G name. Who started that? It was Baron Corbin calling him short and everything. <laughs> That's so, true, yeah. So the, the only way you could really make it work is if, you know, Chad Gable's like, okay, hey, I, I want that bounty of yours. And, but then it eventually leads to Gable you know, turning on Corbin and humiliating him, saying, hey, that's what you get for calling me short. <laughs> or something like that. I, Dude, I'm all right that, with that. Only, I'm, I'm all right with that. that. That's the only story arc I can really think to make that work as as a, as a few week-long angle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, no, well, dude, I, I'm I'm all right with that. That that's a, I mean, look, it's a little bit of a, a silly story, but that's fine. I don't have a problem with that at all, as long as it gets that stupid name off him and stops him looking right? like a moron. <laughs> that's all I care about. That's a smart baby face. But it is right. That's a smart baby face. I tricked you. That's what I want. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't mind that at all. Um, people will be screaming out about it now, so we have to do it. What did you think about the closing angle with Alexa Bliss? and uh, Bray Wyatt. What I am going to say, and I hope you're not one of these people because then we're going to have to have a big debate about it. The amount of tweets that I got, at Simon316, cheap plug, saying, I don't <laughs> think Alexa Bliss sold the mandible claw very well. I don't think you understood the point of this angle. <laughs> I thought, okay, honestly, no. so many people telling me, oh, she didn't sell it well enough. It's like, okay, let's say that she didn't. You are focusing on the wrong things and you are looking for problems. But two, maybe that's the point. I mean, I didn't notice it at all. I thought she sold it fine, but maybe it's the point. Maybe they're in cahoots. I don't know. I don't have a clue. But yeah, I just wanted to get that out there. But dude, yeah, let me know what you thought. Well, it couldn't be more plainly obvious that this is supposed to get under the skin of Braun Strowman because he and Alexa Bliss have history. You know, they uh, they had a little flirty thing during the Mixed Match Challenge, which was an amazing angle. You know, it was an amazing angle. It never really had a big payoff, but... I don't, I don't think it ever was, but yeah, like every like world title feud we've had lately, there's always, they always do some kind of thing, uh, an angle or callback or something to the past. And so uh, Alexa Bliss is one of the people on the roster that has a history with Braun Strowman. So this was basically just to get under Braun Strowman's skin because, like, oh, my God, The Fiend attacked someone that, you know, I used to be kind of close with. And also, I just want to uh, put this out there. Uh, during the, uh, the the swamp fight where you know, uh, Braun turned around and there's Alexa standing there in a, in a 
black veil gown or or, or whatever. I was like, oh, could could that be Sister Abigail? Like, no, you idiots! It's just a it, it's an illusion to get in Braun's head, you know. So uh, I just wanted to get that part out of the way. But but yeah, the bottom line is, uh, this this is just a way for the fiend to to get in the head of Braun, and I mean. I think Alexa sold it just fine. If you if you look at her face, I mean, she she obviously could have looked a lot more terrified. But you know what? She looked terrified enough that there was this monster like about to to attack her. You know, so I think she sold it as good as she did. So, and and I like that. You know, I, like I hope that the next time we see Braun, you know, he he. He finally becomes the the monster that they're building him as. It's and I I hope when he comes out and the next time we see him when he come, and he calls out the fiend like I want him out for blood. Okay, that's what I want. Yeah, dude, I, that's what I want as well. I I I never understand the sister Abigail stuff because I thought we'd established the sister <laughs> Abigail is Bray Wyatt with a scarf over his head. I thought in kayfabe that's what we'd been told. So I don't get it at all. I'm also not as look, if people are obsessed with it. Fine. I am not as obsessed with the Sister Abigail stuff as much as others. People wanted Paige. People want Alexa Bliss. You know, other names have gone around. I just, to me, Bray Wyatt uh, worked. Well, he worked best when he had, um, uh, what do you call it? Harper and Rowan. But I think Bray Wyatt by mm-hmm. himself. And look, if you come up with a really good idea to get somebody over with it, but Alexa Bliss doesn't need that. Alexa Bliss is fine. She smashes it most weeks. You know, she's got a good character. She can be heel. She can be face. I think the program she's going to have with Nikki Cross will going to be good. But yeah, this to me was um, a tool, for lack of a better term, to enhance one story while also making a cool moment in another. Because... You know, you could either now turn Alexa Bless Hill because she had uh, an encounter with the Fiend, or you know, Nikki Cross can use it to her advantage. I don't know. You know, it, it opens up the door, which which I'm all right with. But my main thing, and talking about SmackDown as a whole, was that it actually felt like a good old fashioned wrestling show where everything had interesting twists and turns. I, mean, I didn't like all of them, but I'm not. I'm not I don't ever expect to. Like, there was huge reasons to tune in. You know, tune in next week to see what was going to go down, and. I understand that we can never put too much faith in WWE nowadays because, as I said on Ups and Downs recently, what seems to happen is if SmackDown's good, Raw is rubbish, and if Raw is rubbish, SmackDown's really good. But, you know, a small part of me likes to think that given that we're coming off these financials where WWE, by the way, if you don't know, made more money than they've ever made in their entire lives. But anyway, during that call, they were very adamant about pushing new stars, and I did get that impression from this show. So I'm going to, as always, be a positive P and hope that, that actually means... Um, um, that actually means something and we can uh, we can build we can build from that because like i say new characters new ideas uh to me this should be the start of braun Strowman losing his universal championship i don't think he works as universal champion i'm not saying i thought the fiend was overly great as well for the issues that most people know about but you know this is this is what i would build to towards towards SummerSlam. Uh, actually, on SummerSlam too, there's there's lots of rumors that it's going to be held outside of the Performance Center. I mean, literally outside too. You know, they're going to find some kind of venue where they can, you know, do it outdoors. And I would assume get some extra people in because why else would you would you head outdoors? Does that appeal to you, man? I mean, to me it does simply because I'm. Mean, it's not their fault, but you know, I'm a bit bored of the PC now, as you would be. It's the same as you know these things happen. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to apologize for my outburst there I, I, I don't mean to i don't mean to call anybody an idiot but uh oh it's so good I, man it's a joke we get it 
that I'm sorry that sometimes that stuff like that just drove me nuts. Anyway, yeah. So there have been rumors going around that SummerSlam will take place away from the Performance Center. I mean, it's in Florida. They got the beaches open right now, so you know rumors said that you know they could do it on a beach similar to. Uh, was it a wasn't there a WCW pay per view? Uh, held on a beach. I'm sure it was like a bash at the beach, wasn't it? That was he- yeah, actually held, held on bash- the beach. Oh, yeah, all the time. And they used to always push people into the pool. <laughs> Kevin Nash loved chucking people into that pool. That was his favorite thing in the world. Right, right. I, I'm sorry. I, I never watched a lot of classic WCW. but It's uh, all good, man. Don't worry about it. Anyway. Um, or, you know, they, they even said uh, they might have it on a boat or a cruise ship. Sim- kind of similar to uh, uh, Jericho's cruise or something like that, you know? I mean... I guess I'm in the same boat as you, you know, uh, get away from the PC, uh, you know, for, for, uh, for a big show. I'm all for that. Um, but again, it, 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 I don't know, like, obviously the atmosphere will be great. Cause like I said, you're, you're outdoors, it's sun, sunshine and beaches. Well, hopefully there's no bad weather that day, but, uh, the day that they film, but um, yeah, it, it'll definitely be a nice escape from from the performance center. As far as you know, I mean, right now they're building uh, the matches, so it's it's really hard to to, to speculate exactly what's going to happen because SummerSlam is still weeks away. Um, so I'm all for that, but uh, I'll actually throw one your way. Like, how do you feel about them doing? Another pay-per-view a week after SummerSlam, because the, they plan on doing oh. payback like a week after SummerSlam. Like, what do you think their plan is with that? I text my mate straight away. Just what WTF with the link? Do they not understand? Do they do they not understand that they're doing? I don't. I, I don't look. The thing is, we don't know what it is at the moment, right? We really, really don't. It could be. I don't know. It could be like a special house show or not house show thing because I'm no fans, but it could be like, it could be an hour long show. Like, I don't know, but I do think they're absolutely crazy because it means you're going to have the fallout from SummerSlam, which should be quite good. It's a big event. I'm sure they've got plans, but that will get you pumped for Raw and SmackDown. Then if you've got something else two days after that, I think you almost take away your own momentum. But unless, of course, it's down to... Look, it may be something really unique and original, which is why I don't want to be too negative. Maybe there's going to be this incredible finish to one of the matches at SummerSlam, which requires something else to happen seven days later, but... I mean, content is king, but that can go the other way quite quickly too. And I wouldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't keep throwing this content out there like they are. But look, I mean, until I know more, it's hard to criticize. But certainly on a top line level, especially when you look at someone like AEW, who you know, AEW this week has Darby Allen versus John Moxley, a little bit rushed, blah blah, whatever. But they can get away with doing those kind of matches more because they only have four pay per views a year. So you're going to have to back up and you know load up your TV shows. Otherwise, what the hell are you going to do every single week? You can't build to a pay per view. Whereas WWE literally have a big show and then they have four or eight if you want to include raw and smackdown until they do another one 
But you can't really, you can if you're NXT, but you can't go like for like for that for the main shows on WWE, I don't think. I think you run out of material too too quickly. But the fact that it did come out of these financial calls, I don't think it was there beforehand, but I could be wrong, uh, makes me think that maybe they do have a plan. But uh, the other thing as well is why... if it is going to be a proper pay-per-view, why not do Evolution 2? Or why not do whatever? Like, people go, oh, well, Evolution didn't do very well. I tell you, payback's not going to do great if it's coming a week after SummerSlam. People will be exhausted. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, everyone wants to see uh, an Evolution 2. But right now, for me, the, the problem with that is the lack of star power. Like, they don't have Becky. They don't have... Charlotte. I mean, I'm sure Charlotte will be coming back soon, but you don't have Rhonda there. Uh, I mean, say what you will about the Bellas, but, you know, people, they have star power. People recognize them, you know. Even though WWE have the greatest women's roster out of any promotion, fight me on that. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I, I just... I don't think it has enough star power that it'll draw like more, like uh, more eyes to the product. I mean, obviously, all all of us hardcore fans will love it regardless because because we know all these women, we know what they're capable of. They they can put on tons of bangers, but yeah, in, in terms of actual like massive drawing star power, it's just not there. So so that's why I'm I'm not disappointed that they're not doing evolution two. I, I totally understand why they wouldn't because because you definitely want the, the drawing power there. Um and then yeah if, if this pay-per-view after SummerSlam is payback, then yeah that they, they obviously have something's going to happen at SummerSlam that's gonna make somebody want payback the next week. Or I, I guess they can't wait till the next month. They have to have it next week or something. I have no idea. <laughs> like you said, we'll just have to ride this wave and and see what happens if it actually is payback or if it's something completely different we don't know at this point so we just gotta wait patiently yeah no you and me both i mean i just realized this too as we are talking on a monday the uh, women's aew tag team tournament starts tonight as well uh there are if i can find it there are some teams obviously one team is ariana <laughs> and um uh a night of rose i never thought i, I just it was the strangest it was the strangest 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 thing i've ever seen in my life was i can't even re- i can't even remember at wwe now it's just gone cameron thank you brain cameron but whatever whatever like it, we'll, we'll see what happens so they're going to be teaming uh very hand very handedly brandy rhodes and ali both so ali both uh both drew purple so uh, not purple both drew the same color which was good because you know they, they're meant to be a team and they are and uh, yeah um tanara conti obviously formerly of nxt is coming in uh, i for the life of me i cannot find who the hell she's teaming with now but anyway she has a she has a, a team as well and they're doing ivalice and diamante now, I was a little bit surprised that they're doing it on, uh, what do you call it, on uh, on YouTube. But it, it, this is like a payback situation for me. I don't know what the plan is. I, you know, until I see it, 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 I'm quite intrigued by it. And I'm certainly going to tune in later. And I think that it would actually, uh, I think it could be all right. And especially, you know, right now, something that Dynamite is struggling with is getting everybody onto their television show. So if you can build something here and get people invested and then jump across, I think it's not a bad plan. Uh, yeah. T- uh, t- to, uh, what's her name? Uh, 
Tainara Conti, who's now going by Tay Conti, that, that's her name. I believe she's teaming, teaming with uh, Anna Jay from the Dark Order. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. She's a, you if, are, if you I remember are correct, that correctly. Yeah. But, but anyway, like I was just as surprised as you were when uh, it was revealed that the former Cameron was going to be Nyla Rose's partner. <laughs> she walked on screen. I'm like, Cameron? <laughs> I just, I, I, I was so, I was so happy Cameron? because sometimes but, uh... I get like my being being a bonnet about the weirdest things. But I was so happy because so many people messaged me saying, Miller, you were not wrong. I had to Google who this person was. I was like, oh, thank goodness because. You really had to explain who that was. You can't have people looking into cameras saying, I'm back. Because you'd be like, what do you mean? Where have you been? Who are you? That's, oh, it's crazy. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously, I, I know personally that when she said, I'm back, that means she's back in the world of wrestling. Because as we know, of course. she hasn't yeah, been but you a know part that. of the wrestling world. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't been a part of the wrestling world for the past four years, I think. But listen... Uh, I kind of go by what uh, Ross from Cultaholic says. We just have to wait and see when the match actually happens to see if Cameron has actually improved in the ring. Because, again, as all of us hardcore fans know, she wasn't a very good wrestler during her time in WWE. And that's why, you know, Naomi flourished more as, as a performer than she did. So, and so we'll, we'll have to wait and see if, if, uh, if they're just... If the match happens and she's not that good, we'll be like, oh, man, they just kind of chucked her in there just to, like, Nyla's basically working by herself and, and carrying her. And we don't want to see that. You know, it, when you watch a tag team match, you want to see, like, both guys, on the, uh, both people on the same team competing at the same level. We know how good Nyla Rose is, but, again, we haven't seen Cameron in a long time. So has she been improving over the last four years or has she been sitting around for four years we don't know so until the match actually happens then we'll know and then as far as this being like a, a youtube exclusive thing it's just a way to you know get more eyes on their on their youtube show uh now did they say they were doing these on dark or is it like just a completely different kind uh kind of youtube show yeah, just uh, like I say, it's tonight. I think they've got a little um, thing up ready to go. No, they haven't. I lied. But yeah, it's just going to be a thing on their on their YouTube channel. They'll just stream it at 7 p.m. I think it is UK time. I'm not sure whether it is across the rest of the world. And yeah, it will just pop up and it will just go. I don't know how well it's going to do. I hope it does really well, if I'm completely honest. Uh, I, I I don't see why any, some people, I want it to do terribly. I'm like, you're insane. That's a weird thing. To, that's a weird thing to want. What difference does it make to your life? But yeah, it's just going to wear on their YouTube channel. What I will say is, again, I think I would have preferred it on, uh, on Dynamite for the exposure, but it is 2020. And trying these new ideas with the platforms that you have is not dumb. If anything, I, I kind of appreciate the experiment. But uh, I don't buy into this whole, oh, do more with the women, do more with the women, and then they do something. Oh, I don't like it. It's like, come on, man. There's gotta, <laughs> you've got to have a little bit of a give and take. Like, you absolutely yeah, yeah. you absolutely do. But uh, look, if, if, I don't mind it. I don't, even if Cameron is still quote-unquote bad, that's not even what bothers me. I don't mind having an opportunity, but just don't assume that every single person watching your show uh, has a clue what's going on. Um, and we should talk about this as well. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I don't think this is a spoiler. Well, it is. But it's out there 
everywhere. So if you don't want anything from AEW Dynamite spoiled this week, just I don't think it's big, but turn off your radio now and come back after you've watched it. Have you heard this, Nick? Do you know who the guest moderator is going to be for Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho? I do not. Right. Well, it's Eric Bischoff. Apparently. Apparently. Like, again, you never know with this stuff until you actually see it on your screen. But, you know, a lot of a lot of reputable sources have this. Now, if it's just a one and done, I don't think that's a problem. I really, really don't. Like, it's a, it's a nice little... Ca- it's a cameo, right? People like cameos. I don't... I do not want... And I, I never really talk with so much uh, determination in my voice. I do not want another Attitude Era or classic retro star in AEW that is not an active wrestler. I, ju- I, think it's, I, I think it will be overkill. And Eric Bischoff, everyone's been saying this. I'm literally just, you know, I'm speaking to the converted. But Eric Bischoff is a very talented television performer. You know, he was excellent in WCW. He was excellent it, when he came in and Bischoff? did everything with WWE. Sorry? Sorry. Sorry to, uh, uh, sorry to talk while you were talking. Is it Bischoff? For the, yeah, he's going to be the moderator, yeah, between Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. No, it's Eric oh, Bischoff. Wow. I know. <laughs> So you do get a reaction, and I think you get some viewers, but it has got to be a one and done. Like, we can't... You, you have to give time for some of your some of your new guys. And I tell you this, like, Jake Roberts, Arn Anderson, uh, Tully Blanchard, uh, Vicky Guerrero, like, I have... You know, I have all the respect in the world for all of those guys. And I have all the respect in the world for Eric Bischoff as well. But he is someone that, you know, if you take those, you take that group, Eric Bischoff has wound more people up than any of them. Because that is this whole shtick, right? Controversy creates cash. And I think you will be less likely to find a majority that is super happy with him being there compared to the, compared to the other ones. But yeah, he's going to moderate. He's going to moderate Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. It's, it's, it's wild, man. I tell you, it's wild. Well, thank you for spoiling that for me, Simon. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm only saying that because, you know, I I, I watched a Cultaholic News video where they were going to spoil that, and I, I decided, eh. I mean, normally wrestling spoilers I don't tend to worry about, but that one I, I was going to make an exception for. But th- don't worry about it, though. It, it, it's not your fault. It's uh, you, you wanted to talk about it, so we'll talk about it. Um. But yeah, like you said, as a one and done thing, that's what it should be. Uh, I don't think they should give Bischoff like a, any kind of prominent role in AEW because then they're really they're really leaning in that direction that they're becoming kind of WCW light, and I don't think anybody wants that for for AEW. You know, they, they, they want it to be an alternative from WWE, but they at the same time they don't want it to. Be, the new WCW, you know what I'm saying? No, and I think you know you don't get more WCW than Eric Bischoff, right? It must be better have Ted Turner walk right. in the door <laughs> if, you're, if you're going to. But it may it may not be him. I, I guess that is just what people are saying. It's not. Uh, oh, it's a, I, I, well, well, until I see it for myself, I always take things with a with a pinch of salt. But it's something that yeah, it, it brought up a lot. It got a lot of steam over the weekend. So I was like, all right, all right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, and as we are Monday as well, before we start wrapping up, of course, we've got to talk about what could happen on Raw later. At the moment, the uh, the big sales pitch from WWE is that Oscar wants some revenge and that McIntyre wants some revenge on Randy Orton too. Obviously, last week we saw Kyrie Sane get written off. Um, looks like we're going to build towards Sasha Banks and Oscar or Bailey and Oscar, or maybe a triple threat or something at SummerSlam, which was a surprise to me because I thought we'd be doing Sasha Banks versus Bailey, but I feel like the trigger would have had to have been pulled by now three weeks out. I don't think you can just throw that away. 
What did you think of Raw last week? And what do you want to see later, my friend? Yeah, so it was it was just last week where Kyrie Sane was written off and, and Sasha won the, tel- the title, right? That was last week? Uh, yes, it was, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, people obviously are not liking these, like, sort of non-finishers, you know what I'm saying? But, okay, so, so let's go back to... Uh, Extreme Rules. And I, I said to you on, uh, on a Q&A post that I really liked the ending they did at Extreme Rules where, you know, there, there was all these shenanigans and then Bailey decides, oh, I'll put on a ref shirt, I'll count the three and and, and we'll, we'll steal the belt. You know, you know, that gets some heel heat on them because they're so desperate to hold all the gold that they're willing to uh, just literally take the title from uh, uh, from Asuka in, in a dirty way that you know, it obviously doesn't count because it, it, uh, Bailey wasn't an, the actual official of the match. And then they built to uh, Oscar versus Sasha for the title, where it could literally change hands uh, in every single way. And then at the end of that match, obviously, when they showed uh, Kyrie getting her butt kicked by Bailey, and and Oscar just decides that her friendship with uh, Kyrie is more important. Once again, why do people crap on this stuff? So look, I love Oscar. Okay. (laughs) Just like all you out there, I love Oscar. And I understand that we all want to see the dominant badass, you know, no F's given Oscar, just beating the crap out of people being as aggressive as possible because that's the Oscar we all know and love. But right now they're like she's the baby face in this story. And she, you know, they, they need to make her seem have have a human sympathetic side to her. So when she sees her friend being assaulted, you know, it's like she she decides, oh, I need to go help her. Kyrie's my friend. So, you know, to me, that shows her human side, that she, that she cares more about her friend than she does a, a championship. And obviously, people didn't like that. Well, like I say, I agree with you, but my only thing with it is... The only thing that I that annoyed me was like it was just another ridiculous, fi- not ridiculous, but another non-finish, and that was my thing. I was like, WWE just has to they they just do too much of them. That's the thing. It was it was one right. too many. Yeah. But I, I I do agree in terms of telling. I think I said this as well in terms of telling a story and sitting backstage and putting your heads together to come up with something different. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it, but you just can't do it over and over. But I totally take your point as well. Okay, so. Continuing on, and so, so so yeah, so Oscar leaves to go to go uh, check on Kyrie, and Sasha wins the title. So in my mind, I think you know this has been kind of uh, the plan all along. Uh, I think, in my opinion, because you know we've been saying for weeks now how amazing heels that uh, Bailey and Sasha are, and I think that kind of got back to you know Vince or creative or, or whoever. And then maybe Vince woke up one day and just just said, you know what? Let's let's give Bailey and Sasha all the titles because I I'm liking what they're doing. The, the fans like what they're doing. I like what they're doing. 
So let let's kind of uh, let's just, let's just have them hold all the gold. And sadly, yes, it does come at the expense of Oscar, someone who we all uh, love and, and enjoy her work. But uh, but just think of it this way, you know, Bailey and Sasha have all the gold, and everyone wants to see, you know, Bailey and Sasha. Uh, feuding together, well, what uh, what better way to ignite that feud than to just have them lose all that gold? Because nothing drags your self-esteem down than being at the top of the mountain and then you fall down just as quickly. So, like, I, I'm glad that Bailey and Sasha hold all the belts right now but I really hope it doesn't last too long. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. We do spread need, the wealth. Because we do need, yeah, we do need to build more stars. They have a massively talented roster that that could use uh, belts to fight for. So, and, you know, everyone was saying, "Oh, that that they're they're going to start building to uh, to Bailey versus Sasha for SummerSlam." I think what they're doing. You know, because everyone wants to see Bailey versus Sasha, I think they personally, I think it would be much better if they actually built this feud till next year's WrestleMania. That's my hope. Because, like, as of right now, because SummerSlam is just weeks away, there's no way that you could do a, a good organic uh, story build towards Bailey versus Sasha at this moment. It, you know, a, a feud like that needs a long extended build. You can't do that for three weeks. So, I mean, maybe after SummerSlam or, or maybe after one of the uh, uh, upcoming pay-per-views uh, for this year, you could start building it there. Maybe at Survivor Series, who knows? But I think it would be just a much better build to, uh, to, for that match to be at WrestleMania because a match like that does deserve a much bigger stage. And I think everyone would be a lot more excited if, if, if that were the case. But anyway, so right now what they're doing, um, <clears throat> so, I mean, who knows? Maybe at SummerSlam we'll get the, you know, the rematch between Asuka and Sasha for the Raw Women's title. And maybe then we'll get a clean finish. Asuka will get the belt back. And then we could, that's, the moment that we can start building that tension back between Bailey and Sasha until it finally culminates at WrestleMania. Dude, I admire your faith in WWE's long-term storytelling. And I hope that you are, I hope, I, ho I hope I that you are correct. I hope they, if they can pull that off, that's all time. That's all time. Right, dude, I've got one last question for you. Because uh, next time we talk, it will be after SummerSlam. Obviously, Drew McIntyre versus right. Randy Orton is confirmed. Lots of people saying that Randy Orton's <clears> going to win because of the ratings and blah, blah, blah. And Edge coming back, boring, boring, boring. Who's your pick, man? Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, WWE title, SummerSlam 2020. I mean, sadly, it kind of goes back to when, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to say this is the case, but it, it, it sort of feels like it to me. But like during uh, Kofi Kingston's reign as WWE title, you know, who did he have? Who did they have him beat? Uh, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, Dolph Ziggler, Randy Orton. <clears throat> who has 
Drew defended the title against so far. <clears throat> oh my God. <clears throat> Apologies. <clears throat> he's already beaten Dolph Ziggler. And now he's already on to Randy Orton. So obviously I want Drew to win. I want him to stay the champion. But I got to be honest, Randy Orton is doing some amazing work right now. <clears throat> he had, I think he's definitely proven that when he is invested in the, the story that he's a part of, he's, he's a megastar. And I don't, I know a lot of people out there dislike Randy Orton, and you have every right to do that. But you know what? Randy Orton is a megastar, whether you like it or not. So he he knows how to build. If he once he's invested, he he knows how to build a feud. He know how knows how to get heat. He and he just knows how to work the match when when it finally comes. So. Like I said, my obvious pick is Drew McIntyre, obviously. However, if they do put the belt on Randy, I won't be completely disappointed. I, I mean, I'll be very disappointed, but like, I'll just be like, okay, uh, you know, I. Uh, like I said, Randy Orton right now is doing a really good job, so. Him having the title, I know it's not what everybody wants, but it actually intrigues me. So I'm not against putting the belt on Randy, but I will obviously be disappointed if this is where McIntyre's reign ends. Because, you know, that clearly shows that they had less faith in him as a champion as they did for Kofi. Because Kofi held that from WrestleMania until the first SmackDown on Fox when when he lost to Lesnar. Well, we're not even in October yet. And if Drew loses now, that kind of says that they've they lost faith in him quicker than they did with Kofi. So Drew McIntyre, the obvious pick. Uh, but if Randy wins, I, I'm not completely, not completely against it. There you go. Boom. On the record now. Can't go. Uh, you can't go back. We'll find out. We'll find out. We're just, but uh, yeah, around about three, three, uh, three or so weeks away from from SummerSlam. We'll we'll see what they're planning to do. Uh, Nick, thank you as always for coming on, my friend. It's always a pleasure chatting to you. Anytime, my friend. Absolutely. We'll get you back. And if you want to come on the podcast, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash Simon316. You'll see a bunch of tiers. Pick which one works for you. Uh, come talk to me if you want on Instagram and Twitter at Simon316. Hit me up on YouTube. Search for Simon Miller. Hit me up on twitch.tv forward slash Simon316. Merchandise at SimonMiller.BigCartel.com. And that's all of it. More importantly, have great weekends. Enjoy Raw. If you're listening to this beforehand, and I'll talk, well, if you listen, I'll talk to you tomorrow live on Twitch. But otherwise, I'll talk to you very soon.